0: Hi, welcome to an episode of Fill Me In. I'm Kirk Gladell, And I'm Carl Danielson. And we're about to engage you and ourselves in meaningful, delightful, informative conversation about the theater and music and music theater from two people. Two very different people. Yes. Um,
1: I'm a black kid from the the Midwest.
0: And I'm a 59-year-old white dude from California. I love that you said black kid. (laughs) This is Fill Me In.
1: Welcome to another episode of Fill Me In. Carl, how are you today? I'm
0: great. How are you, Kirk?
1: Honestly, like, I am... Oh, I hate that ding. I am doing... I'm doing okay. Like, it is... I the weather's been weird. She's been funky, right? She's like either been snowing or like very warm. Like there's no middle, which makes no sense. Yeah. And my, my body hates me, but like, it's fine. Um, But yeah, we're doing great. Um, and you must be really sad
0: because you booked a job.
1: Well, I can't talk about that yet.
0: <gasps> oh, the NBA. But, but who is this beautiful woman I see on our screen?
1: Uh, well, ladies and gents of the podcast, we have a special guest on the podcast today. Her name is Brittany Williams. Yeah, hi (laughs) honey. I'm (laughs) from. Yes, she's a star. I know Brittany. I'm gonna just give you like a little bio about Brittany before we get, before we really jump into things. Um, Mm -hmm. But she is from, she went to school at AMDA and the Ailey school. So she's a dancer, honey. Uh, in New York City, where she's currently based. She's currently uh, on her third tour, which is the first national tour of The Prom, uh, where she is the role of Shelby and understudying Emma and Alyssa. She's got a full plate on her hands at The Prom. Um, (laughs) Prior to that, she was in the Donna Summer Musical national tour. And Mm -hmm. I met this gem of a human in (laughs) our first national tour together in a Bronx Tale the Musical, where we were both swings. So we sat behind our little table together and took our notes Girl. diligently. We and we did. we <laughs> do our best and made sure that we were ready to go on at a moment's notice. Um, oh my but God. people may not know about, people w- may not know this about her, but a Bronx was her her first like real big gig. Like she came in as a non-union queen and was like, thank you for my equity card. I'm ready to <laughs> slay the house down boots. Cool. And it's what yeah. she did. Um, Covering both like, covering all the women in the show. And if you know anything about the show, it's kind of divided in half. There's like a black and a white ensemble and Britney like, just like threw on a cute wig and like played that Italian girl, like it was her <laughs> tr- life, okay? So fierce. <laughs> oh um, so she had so much work to do. And then she very quickly like booked the Donna Summer Musical, uh, the, first, the first national tour of that, pre-COVID. And was the understudy for disco Donna, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, yes. care, like, all of a sudden was, like, now I'm carrying this musical. Like, if she went on, she was carrying a full show, which she's a star. Yeah. And oh. she isn't, she was, she just made, like, history in February being the, <laughs> you did, it's huge, being I know. Uh, the first <laughs> Black woman to play Emma in any production of The Prom. Wow. Which
0: mm-hmm. was, like.
1: Kind of, I remember seeing that post on Instagram and I genuinely started crying. Like, full No, you did leaving.
0: not. I her. did. Like,
1: Brittany, my baby, she's doing <laughs> such a thing in her career.
0: She's a superstar. Um, oh, you're sweet. Yes,
1: he's a star. So welcome to the podcast, Brittany.
2: Thank
0: you Hi, guys Brittany. for having
2: me. Hi. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yes, I
0: love. I would love to hear where
2: you're from and and how you got into all of this. Okay, um, I was born in Maryland, moved to North Carolina, and raised there. Um, I ran track most of my life. Like I started out in like dance and singing and all of that stuff. Like I started out in the arts, but then track kind of took over my life for a long time. And my dad was my coach, so you can fill in the blanks there. It was a lot. <laughs> um, But then in high school, I just decided to like leave that behind and totally focus on the arts. And I remember after I did my first musical in high school, which was Footloose, and I got the role of Ariel, I was like, oh, I love being on stage. I want to do this all the time. (laughs) And so that's when I was like, you know what? Why not just go for it? I think this is like what I want to do with my life. Wow. Yeah. And then you picked
1: up and moved to New York City soon after that, right? So, like tell me about like your college experience, like the beauty of living in New York City and being a literal child is probably insane.
2: Yeah. I was a literal child. Like it's crazy (laughs) to think about it. I um yeah, so literally right after high school, I didn't even really have a summer. I literally moved everything up to new york and just started school i started at amda and then finished there i kind of did amda and ailey at the same time for a second which was bonkers absolutely crazy i don't (laughs) know how i lived through that but and then finished out with amda and like finished out my term or whatever with ailey um school was eye-opening like it was really just like getting a taste of okay what is This industry, like, what am I going to get myself into? I didn't, I don't have anybody else in my family who's in the arts. Like, everything that I've had to figure out has kind of been myself and just like what I learned through school and now through friends. But when I was first starting, like, it was just like fully new. So, I mean, I I worked hard. I took everything very seriously. I was always, like, trying to perfect my craft. And I think something that helped me in school was I tried not to, like, get into a bubble mentally, like, think about like oh i just want to be like the best in my class or i just want to be like so good that this teacher i didn't think about any of that stuff i was like i want to be able to compete when i leave here like my competition is not in this classroom it's out there they're out there they've already been working i'm going to be auditioning with people who've already been working and have like rapports with um uh, casting directors and people already like i need to that's how i was thinking mentally as i was training Good for you. That's like you,
1: because I was certainly the kid who was like, I just want to be really, I want to get cast as the lead in my musical. Like, I was not thinking about long term. I was like, what do we need to be doing right now?
2: Yeah. I think I just, it was a lot of pressure I put on myself that did come with some things, but I also was just like, you know, I was very thankful that my parents were helping me and I just, I wasn't playing at all when it came to that kind of stuff. I was like, there's too much on the line and my parents are not playing with me. I need to book when i get out of <laughs> school. Well, and you did. Like, yep. thank God. <laughs> that would have been a mess.
0: <laughs> Where do you suppose that came from, Brittany? I, I, Kirk didn't mention this, but I, but I I teach a lot. I teach mm-hmm. at the New York Film Academy. I teach the acting component of the Steps Conservatory. And, and nice. one of my frustrations is seeing young people not looking ahead to how am I actually going to get a job. Where do you suppose that, that came from in, in you? Is that something that you learned from your family?
2: I think it's definitely from my family. Okay. I think it's actually a lot of it comes from track. We were like first of all, the sport itself is just insane. And it's all about kind of having to push past your limits physically and mentally. And then having my father be my coach. And he's kind of like my coach in life also. I think I've just always had that like, be better than you were last time or like be the very best that you can possibly be. And I just figured out real quick, like, what is it going to be in the audition world? Like, I'm not just going to be in there with my fellow students. Like, that's not what this is. So as soon as I figured that out, I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I need to book. Like, I have to book. I literally, I put a lot of pressure on myself, but I was just like, I wanted it so badly. And so that was something that I just tried to keep reminding myself. Like, it's not just what's going on in this classroom. There's like a whole world out there. And, you know, you kind of have to keep that in mind. Don't get... Don't get stuck in like the little, you know, competitions or whatever, the little mental things that happen when you go to conservatories and you're in classes with with other kids who all want the same thing. I was just like kind of try to look beyond that.
0: And can I also infer that and I got this from from you, although you didn't use this word, that you learned a certain discipline. From mm-hmm. your from your track that then you put to something else, something artistic, but in a completely yes. different way. Yeah,
2: totally. Yeah, that's totally right.
0: And then I'd love for you to talk me through, since I don't know, and maybe a lot of our listeners don't don't really understand what the difference is between the Ailey program and uh, and I'd love to hear. You know, we're, we're not going to badmouth anyone, but <laughs> I'd be very interested for you to compare and contrast those programs and and, and what you got from them.
2: Okay, okay. So, I started at Amda. I actually was going to do the integrated program, which is more like these are the kids who are equally actors, singers and dancers. I was going to do that first, but when I was going to visit the school, I I remember I I think oh my god, I walked in the sidewalk, and I ran into somebody who was already at the school, and she kind of told me the, the rundown of what it really was. And she was like, No, if you're a real dancer, you need to do like the dancer program. You're still gonna be able to do, you know, have your acting classes and have your individual voice teacher. You're gonna be able to do all of that, but it's gonna be more intense in dance, and that's what you need. And so that's what I ended up doing. And I got all three. We had our musical theater classes, we had acting, I had my individual voice coach, and then we did all types of dance. And I can see how people can leave that school and have absolutely different experiences because I feel like a lot of the responsibility was on me with what I took out of it. It is so easy to kind of just like, sail through or, you know, like go out and party. Cause hello, we just like got dropped in the middle of New York city and <laughs> we're kids and we're like, Oh my God, like our parents aren't here. Let's go like live it up. Um, But I think I just tried to block out all of the extra noise. I think for me, that's kind of what helped me have a successful time there and really grow as an artist. I really I took everything very seriously and I tried to just like focus on individually. What can I get from each class? Like I'm not going to worry about you know, who's the best in this class or I want to be in this piece or whatever. I I didn't care. I was just like, what can I, how can I grow in here? Um, And then Ailey was a completely different experience. Um, It's all dance, like fully just like, All day, dancing every day, all day from like early in the morning, my ballet teacher is like lifting my leg up and I haven't like fully woken up yet. Yeah, it was that every single day, which I loved. I mean, I wanted to just like delve even deeper into everything. And I I love Ailey. I love um, the Alvin Ailey Company. And I just was like, oh my God, if I can get into the school, that would be like a dream. So yeah, very, there were different experiences for sure, but I treated them the same. And I think that's why I was able to get so much out of both.
0: Wow. Did you say you did for a short time, both at the same time?
2: Yes. <laughs> I
0: yes. did. <laughs> <laughs> Insane woman.
2: <laughs> In- Okay. No, literally insane. I think it was my last semester at Amda. And I think a lot of our classes had flipped over to night classes. And so I would start the day at Ailey and then go over to Amda and finish my day. And I my teachers were like, I don't know how you're doing this. And I was like, I actually don't either. I'm barely making it. I, I feel like a lot of it is like in a box in the back of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't remember. It just like flew by. It was you were just doing
1: it. You just like had you because you were in the thick of it, it was just like getting up and like get it done and go back to sleep it was just yes. like, on a on a recycle as I much totally get as yes mm-hmm. yeah i totally understand that
0: <laughs> but
1: okay so my question since you are currently uh living at large on the prom first national tour i'd mm-hmm. love to know how how that came to you because it, it obviously like came out of a, a little bit of a different audition experience because we were mm. very much in a lockdown pre that show being cast. So I'd love to hear like your whole journey with them.
2: So I actually was back home in North Carolina when that um, audition came out and I was, you know, doing my own self work, the pandemic and like shutdown was a lot for everyone. And I was just like having all of these things, trying to figure out what is it that I want to do with my life. It really sucked to not be able to be on stage and not like do what I loved and to have summer cut like six months short. And we were going to Miami next. I was so mad. Um, (laughs) So the audition came around and I was just like, okay, I'll just send something in and I got the callbacks and I flew in for them and I was just kind of like, I didn't put any pressure on myself. I was like, I don't know where this is going to go, but I just feel like it's good for me to be back in the room. I need to like get the audition jitters out. I haven't auditioned in like a long time. Yeah. So it was ridiculous. Yeah. um, And yeah, I booked from there. I didn't know that they were looking at me at first. I don't think they were looking at me for, Alyssa understudy I think they just like saw me dance and then once I came in the room danced and sang for them then they were like oh can you learn this packet and so they gave me the packet there and I was like already looking for Alyssa stuff but I didn't find out that I was going to be understudying Emma as well until I got my contract or I got the offer yeah and then in the room is when they decided like who was going to be Shelby and Kaylee and that's when that came about
1: Got it. Oh, my God. you So, first of all, for the listeners, yes, you heard correctly. Like, she sang, and they're like, oh, you're a singer, darling. Got it. Because she's got, she's got pipes, okay? Don't sleep. She, sing. She's like, I can give you, like, full ballerina, but also I'm going to sing the house down. Um, <laughs> it, it needs to be done. It's okay. But... That's so interesting that they like ha- they didn't give you any warning about the Alyssa stuff until after. And the fact that the Emma stuff was just kind of a last minute thing is kind of insane, mm-hmm. especially because, you know, they carry the show. Like there is so much. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> remind me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, during rehearsal, you were still covering, you were like being Alyssa in the rehearsal room while learning your own track?
2: Yes, so we had a three week rehearsal period. And, you know, I'm going, first of all, I thought I'm walking in there thinking, okay, I'm going to understudy Alyssa and Emma, but I'm like in the ensemble, I'm just going to be like peeking over, taking my notes, you know, swing brain. I'm going to be getting in all of the information that I can as early as I can on these two main roles. And the, our Alyssa was not at rehearsal. I didn't know nobody knew. I didn't know. So I was just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. And I had a thought in my head. They didn't ask me the first day. I think a couple of days went by, but I had a thought in my head. I was like, cause there's actually two of us. There's two okay. people covering Alyssa, two people covering, covering Emma, but I'm the only one that covers both. Mm. So there's three understudies for us all, like, all together. Um, and I was like, maybe they'll, I don't know. Who, they might ask one of us to like fill in. Is she not gonna like be here the whole time? The thought crossed my mind and I was like, no, they're not gonna, like, we don't even know the role. Like it's fine of course, the next day I'm called over and Casey Hushin is basically like, hi, so, you know, we don't have an Alyssa um, and we would really love it. Like if you could basically fill in because the other principals like wanted to have something to play off of. It was totally understandable. People need to have something to work with in the moment. And so I said, yes. And so I had to Jump in as Alyssa, like on the spot. I didn't know Alyssa stuff at all. So I was kind of like, as soon as I could getting off book and just learning her stuff so that I could like be dropped in and actually help my other actors that I was acting with. Um, and on top of that, still learning my track. So I was jumping back and forth from room to room, like working with the principals to going back into the ensemble room and learning choreography. And honestly, I didn't know my track in its entirety until tech. I wasn't able to do the whole thing because there were times when m- the swing had to be me and was me the whole rehearsal process because I was being Alyssa. And I was like, I've never done that part before. That'll be interesting <laughs> in tech. <laughs> I like jump in my part. So I
1: yeah. Need to do it. It's fine. Yeah.
2: Insane,
1: but also I feel like there's a video of you somewhere that I remember seeing where you like sing as Alyssa and
2: then you jump back into Shelby. And I was like, what's happening? Is she doing everything right now? I was like running across the room to then come in as Shelby. It was hilarious, actually. It was pretty <laughs> iconic. And I was, again, super proud. Um Aww. That
1: is, yeah, that is truly, uh, I don't know if my brain, I I also enjoy swinging, right, and covering and whatever, but that seems like so much brain work.
2: It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Especially when you don't like already know it. Like I was, I was learning them both, but you know, I I think you would be able to do it with your swing brain too. You definitely would rise to the occasion. We we have no choice. We have no choice. (laughs) It
0: it sounds to me, Brittany, like the whole experience was more exhilarating and challenging than it was stressful. Am I correct?
2: Yeah, it was. It was very exhilarating. And I loved like, I hadn't done anything for how many months I was excited to be in the room I was excited to be able to do the Alyssa role and kind of have a moment to like stretch myself as an actress and like really use what I had been working with I had started a new acting class over at the um pandemic and I was like yes I want to like be able to work you know um because yes like like, Shelby huh sorry tell it
0: tell us about your acting class
2: Oh, okay. So I started a acting class or I started a new acting class. It's called the Respect for Acting Academy with Josie Thacker. And it was over Zoom and it was people from like all over the country basically like coming in. And it was the best thing I could have done, honestly. I just needed to, like, be dropped in. I needed to continue working on my craft, even though I wasn't able to be on a stage. And, you know, I just, like, continued to grow. And I felt like, you know, I had, like, more purpose. And I was able to still do the things that I loved, even though we were kind of, like, not able to do anything in our industry at the moment, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And then I, I'm so sorry. I, I interrupted you. You were on a roll. You were talking about the acting class.
2: Yeah. So, the, I mean, I was happy to be able to, like, use the things that I had been working on in, in the room. So I wasn't, like, upset about it at all. I was actually like, you know what? This is kind of a nice experience. And to, it was crazy. But, you know, I was being patient with myself. I wasn't. I was like, you know what? Brittany, you've got this. I was trusting myself. And I was just like, it's all going to work out. You're going to. When it's time, you will know your regular role, and you will definitely know Alyssa if you ever need to go on for Alyssa. So,
1: which is amazing. Yeah. Okay, and so then now we have to talk about this like iconic moment of you getting to step in as Emma, um, and like and being the first Black woman to play the the role on any larger scale. Like, t- t- like take me through the day. How how did it start? Like how did it start, and then to like the final bow.
2: Hmm. <laughs> I had so much in my mind that day. You know, as it's like swinging. It's like when you go on that first time, it's not, you don't get to, it doesn't feel like you get to drop in as much because you're like, oh, I'm on stage for the first time with all the bodies and all the props are moving around me and like it's happening and I don't want to mess anything up. So I was a little bit in that brain, but there were moments when I like allowed myself to really just like revel in it, like in, yeah. you know. Dance with you is a great moment at that end with the big note and everything. I just like felt it, and I just felt like very, I felt grateful to be able to you know do that. And they let me wear my natural hair, which I thought was really cool mm-hmm. too. I was like, oh yes, like let's have a natural hair, Emma. Let's
1: see her <laughs> as we should. She like she's a natural girl. I feel like yeah. she would wear her natural hair. It's just me. <laughs> yeah. It
2: yeah, I I mean, I was definitely I was nervous, but I and I it. There was something that was like on my shoulder, like tugging on my shoulder, the nerves and the anxiety that wanted to like be on me because of that. I I took it very seriously being the first black woman to do that role and like feeling like I was being a representation for people. I took that very seriously, but at the same time, I was like, do not let that like, Throw you, do not let that like mess this up. You have to just trust yourself. You know this role, you know what you can do, and just be Emma. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And which is and I mean, to someone out there in the world, like you, like when they go back to listen to that original Broadway cast recording, like you're the person they think of. Mm -hmm. Like there is some like there is I'm sure there is some little black girl who saw the show that day and was like, Oh, I can do this because I saw Britney do it, which is so exciting and um Again, I when I saw that post, I was like, I, "This is huge!" Like we,
2: and for it to be Black History Month on top of it, it all, was, I was like,
1: "We are is, It was everything.
2: It was everything, and I do remember, like in the bow, like I don't know, it felt like a little outer body too. I was like, "This is not real." Like this, yeah. I just would have never thought that that would be something that was going to happen. I don't know. I just was not expecting that to be a thing. And honestly, like, even when I first got the offer, I didn't realize until we were, like, already going, like, oh, am I the first Black woman to do this role? Like, nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it definitely, it hit me. It hit me for yeah. sure during Bows too. I was just, like, I felt very grateful. And so, yeah, I got to do Emma for, like, a month. Oh, my God. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm oh that's great
1: yeah that's so amazing mm-hmm. so what's your favorite moment what's your favorite moment when you're on as emma like what's like the most now that you can like you you've done it enough you can kind of breathe through the part like what's your favorite moment
2: dance with you was so special yeah that's like such a special moment like i feel like that's the first moment in the show where emma and Alyssa really get to connect It's like, it's just them and nobody else is in the hallway and they get to really talk and be honest and like open for a second. It's not like, no one's hiding. Yeah. I just, it feels like a little bit of a release when I finally can like sing to her. I just love that number.
1: Oh, I love that. (laughs) Okay. So where are you, where's your, where's the tour headed next? I think you're on a layoff right now, right? Mm -hmm. We're on a layoff
2: right now, but then we go to Minneapolis next. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Hopefully it's like. It's cold there, right? It's cold there, it's cold there. I feel like I have a memory from Bronx Tale there. Like it was really cold and windy, but there was like ice on the ground and the wind was like moving us on. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. We now that you say that, on the ice. Yeah, we
1: were, I was not walking. The, the wind was just we pushing, pushing me us. on the ice as I got to the theater.
2: <laughs> I've never been so scared <laughs> walking to work. I was yeah. like, I'm going to wipe out. There's no way I'm not.
1: I was like, "There's no way I get to do the show today." I no. will. I'm gonna fall and bust my, my butt, and it's gonna be fine. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be harmed, and that's yeah, okay. yeah. I feel like Minneapolis was where I got really sick. I like got like really sick, and Jason called out, and so I had to go on. Mm. And I, was like, I don't know if I do this show. Pretty that's sure that never. No, I was like death. I was like very ill. I remember getting we something about that heat in my room just like was too dry.
2: Ooh. And Jason that was, was doing toe touches and things. That would not have been fun. Yeah, I had to, like, actually,
1: I was, like, and I, it's not even the easy one. Like, I had to
2: work. <laughs> oh, man, cool. that sucks. Oh, my oh gosh. gosh.
0: Brittany, I would love to hear you speak to how audiences are responding to to the prom.
2: They are screaming at the end. I, I mean, oh. They are really screaming. They love this show and it doesn't matter where we go. They absolutely are on their feet, dancing and clapping at the end every single time. Like I think the audiences are really connecting and just like falling in love with the story and with the characters,
0: truly. Do you think people are familiar with it from the movie or why are they coming?
2: I, I'm sure people are familiar with it from the movie, but I know that there's just some people who truly are fans of the show. Like there are like actual super fans of the prom. Just like there were super fans for a Bronx tale too. You know, there are just like some some shows that people just cling to and they really love and they want to come and support. We have one guy who's come and see us like over like seven times, like to different states. Yeah.
1: Must be nice. I <laughs> like that.
2: That's so cool. <laughs> He, like, loves the show every time. And he's always just like, oh, my God, you guys did such a great job, like, waiting for us. And he's just <laughs> very sweet. Yeah.
0: Wow. We yeah.
2: love it. How is touring in the, in the COVID of it all? Oh, God. It's great. different. <laughs> it's different. It's very different. I was thinking cool. about that the other day. I was like, man, we just can't have as much fun we just can't go out and do all the things like we did before you know it's a lot more and it's it's a lot more anxiety when it comes to that because we've had a few rounds of it like going through the cast and it is just scary it's like Russian roulette and you're just like who's next it's scary yeah Yeah.
1: that I that would I can only imagine the like anxiety that must be kind of like go through everyone especially when you get to a new city because all of a sudden everything changes yeah. right it's not everything like changes. like the people backstage are different who your customers are are going to be different it's just like there's a yeah. huge you never know who you're walking around next to but Mm-mm. um what some what's something like really exciting you got to do this time around that you haven't done in past on past tours
2: let me think something i haven't been able to do Wow. I mean, it's still, it's pretty similar to the other two, but I think just being able to, I feel like I've stretched myself more with the role of Emma and being able to go on so many times was really cool. I did go on like 10 times for Disco Donna as well, but there are such different roles. It's not even funny. Like, I think it's just like being able to uh, like be the first black woman to go on for Emma in itself is something that I will always like remember this tour for.
1: Wow. Oh, I love that for you. I really do.
2: I really do. I- are
0: Are you having a uh, max mask optional audiences?
2: Oh, I'm trying to, some of them don't have, I know some of them do not have vax. Like you don't have to be vaccinated. I think there are some that are like mask optional and it's a little nerve wracking. We always get like annoyed looking in the monitor and seeing like somebody right behind um our person directing our uh, band without a mask, like sitting right behind. It's just like we're always like pointing,' look, that person is high over. But you know, we're going to right. different places all over the country where people feel so differently about all of it. And that's the scary thing too, kind of. Yeah. Having and to the
1: flying just, and the like, it's like the airport of it all and the airport
2: of it all, all uh, the things, everything. Uh, so
1: uh, people may not know this, Um, and I can say that I was horrible at this. But yeah, you've been on three tours now. So how are you living? How well are you at living out of a suitcase? Like, what's your like? Give me some tips some, <laughs> some that you might have. Uh,
2: let's see, I. I'm not the best person to ask about this. I'm really not. I hate packing, but I just can't like keep, the suitcase organized. I need all of my stuff out. I need to feel like I'm living there, even if it's just for a week. And I hate packing. So most of the time I do it the morning of, because I just can't bring myself to do. I don't know how I've lasted this long. I really don't, but I am not good at the packing aspect or living out of the suitcase. That's why I love sit down. So I'm like, just let me sit down for a second and bring all of my things out, not to worry about it for a second. But we've had a lot of one weekers. So I've had to like yeah. deal with it for real, this tour really in the thick of it it's fine yeah
1: <laughs> that's great that's great well um we're like about at the halfway point of the episode and um i wanted to do i wanted to talk about like the top, the theme for our our episode this week mm-hmm. is revivals um and carl do you know what the lo- like what show has had the most revivals on broadway
0: are you asking me like you know the answer i do know the answer yeah i have no idea
1: britney <laughs> do you know
2: No, I don't. It's Showboat. (gasps) Oh. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm going to wait for your opinions on things. (laughs) No, no, no. I I love it.
0: Seeing your face, Brittany, made me very happy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I always wanted to be Julie. Oh,
1: you will. I hope. I hope. Yeah, let's make it happen. From your mouth to God's ears. You just put it into the universe. But I'm
0: shocked. (laughs) I'm really shocked at that. I was going to be between West Side Story and Oklahoma. True. Oh,
1: Oklahoma is like, I think Oklahoma is third. Wow. But yeah, uh, Showboat is that. I I only know that because I was do I looked it up a long time ago and I was like, this is like really fun information. No, I know. I know it. It's because, so I play a Broadway trivia once a month. It's, I used to play it like every other week during quarantine. Like in the thick of quarantine, we would play this. We would all get. I would get online with a bunch of friends and we play Broto trivia. A guy named Jordan um, is the host of it, mm-hmm. and that was one of the questions. And I had no idea. So when the when the game was over, he gives the answers. I was, He said showboat, and I was like, really? That doesn't make any sense. So he <laughs> it up. Um, but yeah, it's showboat. Um, but why did
0: you? It didn't make any sense
1: because I feel like I, it hasn't been revived since. I have really become like a connoisseur of keeping tabs on what's been in the in the city. Mm-hmm. So I was like, that can't be right. Like it had to be. Like I thought. I think I thought it was Guys and Dolls, originally. Right. Okay. And I was like, it's this doesn't.
0: Guys.
1: Yeah, I was like, this doesn't seem to add up. But realistically, I mean, Showboat has just been around longer, so it makes sense that it would have a yeah. revival. Um, but revivals are. Are really, really cool in the sense that. We're taking something that was written and created by one, by in one entity, right? And we always talk about how theater, it can't be recreated.
2: Mm-hmm. No matter
1: when you do it, it's gonna be different than the last time you did it because the people are changed. The, peop- the people are changed. Even if the cast is the same, you are different the next day than you were the day before, which is super yeah. exciting. But what I love about a revival is this idea that we can take something that might've been written significantly before your time and kind of set it in present day, and how nine times out of ten the story still affects you in the same way that it did way back then. The story mm-hmm. that the like the overall message that we're trying to get across still bleeds through as vibrant as it did when it was you know in previews all, all way back when. Yeah. Um, so I I love the concept of revivals. I actually would love if they happened more often. Like I would love. For there to be revivals, you know, a new one every month. Quite frankly, I'm like, give me, give me a revival with a different take and a different spin and a different opinion on the way we see the world. Mm-hmm. And so, in in this section, Brittany, we normally just like talk about like our favorites or what we think and like how we like what we would like to see. And I will say this: I will say I two different things. I'm going to start with my first one, and this is something that I would like to see revived. Um, before I am no longer on this planet. Uh, and it's Footloose. I like bringing it back to, you know, first shows. Um, Footloose is, I think Footloose is a brilliant show. And a lot of people do not agree with me, which is totally valid <laughs> because it's so campy. It's disgusting. <laughs> but, but so picture a world where we like really honor the concept that these kids are being sheltered and forced not, and are not allowed to like dance or have fun and enjoy themselves. And we like watch all of them kind of simmer in this bottle until they absolutely have to do it. And it like explodes. So we take a world that is like, you know, kind of like mundane and like uh, desolate, like very like uh, post-apocalyptic and everyone's like really down because they can't enjoy life um and then they when when uh ren comes to town he starts to like touch all of them and like bring them to life Mm -hmm. And, and so like the dance like explodes them out of it i've always thought like it should be like everyone starts in like black and white like all of the colors are black and white and ren's the only person in color and as he, like, affects you, you, like, see color, like, start to fall onto you. Like, your shirt becomes a different color the next time you're in a scene after you talk to Ren. And then, like, your shoes. And, like, it just, like, grows and grows and grows. But the only person who has color, who has a little bit of color on stage before Ren, is Ariel. And it's her boots. Yeah. It's, like, her whole her whole look is, like, black and white, except for her boots, because she's always felt this, like, need to kind of go and be crazy. Um, yeah. I just think it's a, I think it's a really fun show. And um, I think it can, there can be depth when you like look at it for what it is. And it's just about, you know, people like fighting the man, the man, um, and like caring about something so deeply that they have to make it happen. Yeah. So that's my first one. I would love to see a Footloose revival ASAP.
2: That was good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you can't tell, I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> What's oh my god, it was so detailed. He has it all figured out.
1: Yes, I listen. I've thought about it a lot, and I want to. I would love for it to be in Circle in the Square because I think it's my. I think Circle in the Square is my favorite theater on Broadway. Um, yeah, that sounds right. But I like the concept of like you're like a part of it. Like everyone's in on it. Everyone is aware of like everyone can see the change start to happen all over the stage and people are just kind of existing the whole time would be really cool. So, Carl,
0: your turn. Oh, I think it's Brittany's turn. Okay. God, uh, Mine is not gonna be as good. <laughs> it's okay. It actually, Brittany, talk about, when, when you hear about revivals, what do you think? do you, what, yeah, what do you think? Start there.
2: I just think of shows that I love, honestly. Yeah. And they're actually, it's not a revival, I guess, but they're doing it at Encores. Can you guess which show I'm talking about? Are they about They're about yes
0: yes into the woods sure
2: i love that show so much i want to be in it so badly and i think that it's like constantly relevant in my opinion like all of the like symbolism and all of the i just think it's constantly something that people would take away from and have sometimes their own interpretations but they would always like take something away from that show
1: yeah
2: do you do you guys like that show Oh.
1: Heaven. It's a dream. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I Are you kidding me? Arguably my favorite sound time piece. Today.
2: Really? Like, yeah, Sam. Yeah. It's beautiful.
1: It's so beautiful. I mean, there's you when you think about like when you think about how we get to Children Will Listen. Ugh. Right? Like uh, the journey you have to go on to get to Children Will Listen is just so cathartic. And you don't walk in thinking that's what's gonna happen.
2: And yeah. think of all the things that are going on today with people trying to control what's going on in the classroom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just Ooh. like the thought, I'm like, good lord, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. relevant. Yeah. The most. Yeah. yeah.
1: And it's crazy how it manages to stay relevant, right? That's yeah. that's what that's my thing about revivals is that nothing is really new under the sun, right? So mm-hmm. everything everything has a tendency to repeat itself. And so at some point, children, children Will Listen meant one thing when it was written, and now Children Will Listen means an entirely different thing in 2022. Yeah. And, like, how, how amazing is art that it gets to do that? Yes. Yeah. Oh. So what's your, so if you love that show, like, what, like, your, like, what's your dream listen? Like, when you go to listen to it, like, who are you listening to sing the songs? Like, what's your favorite version of it?
2: Um, honestly, I want to see Janae do it. That's like... Oh, <laughs> yes. For me, that's what I want, actually. <laughs> um, And just see someone that looks like her, be Cinderella also. I just like think that's an amazing role and I want to hear her so badly. It's not even yeah. funny. Oh, yeah. She's going she's gonna to be great. Are you going to be in town? Will you be... Uh, I don't think I'm going to be in town when it's happening, unfortunately, but... <sighs> I might okay. have to like a day. I don't know. <laughs> 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 they
1: just like, pop on over.
2: Right, exactly. It's two weeks. It's two weeks. We'll I just bought my
1: tickets for it.
2: You did?
1: Yeah, I'm going. God. I'm going
2: opening. Good
1: We're going, for like, you. going opening Wednesday, I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. going to kill it, literally. Yeah. And
1: Christian Burrow and Sarah Bareilles are going to be hilarious.
2: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> so good.
2: I'm just like very happy for the production that's about to happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Cool. Me too. Me we too. have to talk to our union so that more of these things are filmed so that if we're out of town starring in the prom we can still take. Can be the heart. Honestly,
2: yeah, they need to do I'm um, let's write a letter or something.
0: <laughs> I just saw a friend of mine did a show at 54 below and you 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 it wasn't available after but they live streamed it. Oh. Obviously that's easier than city center but yeah. it was so satisfying i don't know how many cameras they had wow. and they, they did have technical problems at the end but i got i would never it was a 945 i'm not gonna schlep up there but oh. i could watch it at home and it was spectacular I, love yeah. it. I was happy to pay money
2: there you go that's great
1: That's great. all right carl your turn now it's your turn
0: <laughs> um well you guys give me hope for the world uh <laughs> <laughs> my, my first issue is the label. Like we call them, we don't say we're doing a revival of Hamlet, but we do revivals of musicals as the, and a lot of plays as though they were dead, as though they hate yeah. reviving. Yeah. 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 yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, and this is, this is kind of um, shines a light on my issues. The very first time I saw Showboat, I saw it at a theater out in California that mentored me. Mm-hmm. People, I mean, nobody was, we don't know anyone that was in the original cast in 1927. No, I don't think we do. <laughs> uh, and it, you know, fair enough, it was an outdoor amphitheater, so they cut it. They cut it significantly. And I was like, oh, this is okay. And I saw that big revival uh, that was in the 90s, and I knew the guy, I worked with the guy who played Joe, and I actually worked with a lot of and it was great, it was fine, but it wasn't anything I got excited about. And I got offered to play the role of Frank, and if anything had come up, I mean, I'm saying full transparency, I would have taken it, right? I thought, (laughs) I don't need to do Showboat, it's fine, it feels very dated, it feels of a period. And I did my, you know, I didn't get another thing. So I did the job and I mean, I did my work. And then I sat there at the first um, run through. I think we've even talked about this, Kirk. And I watched this. We didn't, we added a song that was in the movie for Joe and Queenie. But other than that, we did the script from 1946. We honored the music. We did everything as it was written. I sat there and I'm there right now, just kind of blown away by mm-hmm. how magnificent it was. And so there's always this feeling with musicals, except for Sondheim. And those are my favorite revivals because I feel like we come to that material and Bernstein, but mostly Sondheim with respect and not the idea that we have to fix something. But, you know, as you talk about Footloose, Kirk, you talk about how to bring more depth to it and how to really tell the story. And I'm all for that. I just see so many things where there's this desire oh this didn't really work or it's out of date and we're going to fix it. And so then I have I look at something and I go well I don't know that we improved this you know. Along, Right. right. That's
1: like my opinion on movie musicals right? Like when a director thinks we have to fix something rather than just acknowledging the piece for being good. We can give it more depth or we can acknowledge or we can like find a new way to look a new lens to see it through. Right. Right. But the moment we start trying to be like, well that didn't work and we don't like that as much and we're going to cut this and change that. Got, got, then we start to lose the intention. Yeah. And like intention is what drives all of us. Intention is the reason we see
0: right. shows. Yeah. So, I completely so I, agree. And I and I think that with movies, it is a different medium. And things that make sense on stage because it's I'm so And Sorry?
2: I was agreeing with you.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of a lot of um, a, a lot of those those changes come from. But I guess the one, and I'm gonna go straight to Sondheim, the one I really want to see, and I have seen it on stage. Uh, I've seen full productions on stage, but I'm really interested in a full on revival of anyone can whistle. Ugh. Yes. There's, they did a great job at encores, but it wasn't a full. I mean, they did the ballet and everything, but it wasn't a full, mm-hmm. uh, full thing.
1: Anyway. Yes. I completely agree. I actually have just been listening to everybody say "Don't" a whole lot recently. So mm-hmm. fun! It's, yeah. such a, it's just a beautiful score. And if you've never heard Sutton Foster sing it, it she does a very good job at it. Um yes. it's a fun, fun rendition. Um, okay, so like, if you if in, if you were directing it. Uh, anyone can whistle, Carl. Like, what does it look like?
0: It's so funny because I don't. I don't think in, I'm not. A, I I'm not a director. I don't. And all of my words come from the pe- point of view of being the writer. Okay. And mm-hmm. I want someone to. Uh, I mean, if I'm alive and they're doing my piece and I can collaborate and they t- we need this, it's great. But it's from the point of view of let's honor cut when things don't mean anything anymore. But that's where my purist comes in. And although I just read that we're going to have a Camelot revival with a new book by Bartlett Sher. And just like, you know, the West Side with the Tony Kushner book, even though I kind of want those original books in there because I yeah. love them. These are such great writers. I'm interested to see what that is.
1: Yeah, I'm, for sure. For sure. Um,
0: Aaron, Aaron is going to write the book. Oh, for the Camelot revival. Yeah. So, how does it get any better than that? I bet he's going to take a lot of Mister Lerner because a lot of that book is it's great.
1: Right. Yeah. I'm I'm and I will be interested to see how it gets cast and what happens with it. Um, obviously, I feel like we would be remiss to not talk about uh the company revival, right? That is currently happening on Broadway. Like, so. Uh, like I guess we're just gonna make this whole second half about Valentine, which is fine with me. <laughs> um, but I, so I, I saw it in January, and this current revival stars a woman as Bobby, which is like, to a lot of people, kind of took the show and turned it on its head. But like mm-hmm. seeing it, I was like, oh, this makes total sense. Yeah, like the fact that Bo- Bobby wasn't a woman to begin with, I'm like almost shocked by. Because so much of her plight is so much of so much of the plight is like you're 35 and how are you not married yet or like you're like and you know that's such a problem for women like if you reach a certain age and you're not married like do you mean as much do your how what is your self worth now blah 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 and this Bobby gets to really like revel in being single and like not being married and like the men she dates and how it's okay and people don't care um, but it's it I mean it was. I ha- I've had such a good time at the theater and I didn't see Patty. Patty was out sick the day I saw it and I still oh. had a blast. Yeah, of Yeah. Yeah. Her, yeah, like her cover was so talented. Um, mm-hmm. She looked 29 and is not. She's like 40 something, but she just had a really young face. And I was like, good for you. Whatever skincare you're doing is incredible.
0: Um, and you saw that sure. we just had the first black Bobby.
1: Yes, and we're gonna have both of them <laughs> next week.
2: That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Huge, right? It's big um, exactly. And
1: <laughs> Nikki Ray Nicky Renee Daniels did it on Thursday. I think it's Thursday. I think it's yeah. Thursday. Mm. And uh Brittany, I think her name is Brittany William? no?
0: Brittany Nicole Williams.
1: Yes, I was like, that's not right. That's your name. That's your name. I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. No, Brittany. Did you know you're going on for Bobby next week? Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh,
2: they didn't call me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She. Uh, I've done a. I've done a reading with her, and she is the mm. other the other understudy. So, like, what's so funny is that awesome. both Bobby understudies are women of color. Mm-hmm. So, like if you see the show and Katrina Link is out, you're going to see a person of color do it, like a Black woman specifically do it. Wow. Which is kind of really exciting. Yes. Um, yeah. So, but I just saw it and I like, I actually like the technical aspects of it, like the way they make the show kind of look and happen doesn't seem super far-fetched from like, what an original world production would look like. It's, there's nothing crazy. We're not, no one's flying. No one's like, there's still just people who live in New York City, but it's such a difference from the only version that I know, which is the Raul Esparza one, where they all play instruments. Wow. So <laughs> yes. it's, uh, I it was nice to just like, kind of get to see people act and yes. uh, show up on stage. We're not having to
0: play an oboe,
1: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> or a flute or like, and sing. It's just like, it's really, it was really cool. Um. Yeah, so that I would say like that this revival of Company is one of my favorites. And if you haven't listened to the West End recording of it, um the woman who plays Bob, who played Bobby on the West End, Rosalie, uh has one of the best voices I've ever heard on a cast album, mm. easily. It's just like rich and warm and it's like the placement and the tone is unmatchable. So that'll be it.
2: Awesome. I'm going to see it on Wednesday.
1: Oh, Just gonna, ask yeah,
2: amazing! Thank you for all of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, did they tell you who's gonna be on, or do you, do you not know? I don't know. Okay, you'll get Katrina Link is out all di- all this week.
2: Oh, okay.
1: So you'll see one of you'll see either Nikki or or
0: Brittany.
2: Wow!
0: Is this a show you've seen before, Brittany? Or I have
2: not. This will be a first. So You're I am excited. No I know. I've heard nothing but amazing things.
0: I hope the world has so many more of these gender bent, diverse, wheelchair, deaf, all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Better. And then I don't have my issue with trying to fix the material because then we're actually adding to
2: the material. Yes. We're very much. Mm -hmm. For
1: sure. It's, I mean, it's so, it's so brilliant. Um, And I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see whatever comes next. What other whatever new revivals we're gonna get and how they're gonna how mm-hmm. we're gonna continue to push the envelope. I well, think we're
0: gonna headspace to do that. You guys know about the 1776? Yes, I know.
2: I didn't what? Tell me.
0: Kirk. Tell me.
1: <laughs> so they're doing 1776, but it's uh-huh. an all female. Do you know what Seventy. do you know
0: the, the show? Yes,
2: yeah, I know the show. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So they were doing it with all women.
0: And John Adams is Crystal Lucas. Do you know Crystal? I don't know who Crystal Lucas is. Um. Well, you will. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait.
1: <laughs> anyway. Actually, it's. I mean, it's going to be real. I mean, yeah, it's going to be exactly. really cool.
2: When is that happening?
1: So it. I knew that it was supposed to happen pre-pandemic. Oh. Um, um, they had so it should be it should be the fall of this year if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I thought yeah. I saw they were back
0: in rehearsals, but maybe it was more of a oh. um, like like I a workshop.
1: Yeah, I think there's a
0: workshop period and then they should open up Oh, I'm making up her name. It's Crystal Lucas Perry. Shame on me. <laughs> Do you know I still don't her? know who that is? No, I
1: still don't know who that is, but that's
0: okay. Oh, you will. She's she's amazing. She's been doing a ton of things. Yeah. That's, that's exciting. Awesome. Oh, that is. What did I say? Crystal Joy, something. No, you said Crystal Lucas. You didn't say. Oh, did I? Okay,
1: all right. You didn't say Crystal (laughs) Lucas. That's okay.
0: Either way, either way. Shame on me. But
1: yeah, it's going to be exciting, and we have a lot. I think we have a lot of interesting revivals coming down the pipeline, and I think people are very excited to kind of give them different takes. And because what normally happens with revivals, unfortunately, is that they, they try to stick to what was originally being done. And so Mm -hmm. the the cast ends up being an entirely like white cast for no real reason other than, other than that. They're like what it was. was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I don't think the flaw here is that they're trying to do what was originally done. I mean, the white casting is its own flaw and problem that's separate to that. I see more often they're trying to improve it. Rather no, I do 30,
1: think I think in the last I think in the last 3 years. Certainly, yeah, certainly the last 3 years. There's been a big push to like really turn it on its head and like be different and actively make a different choice than what people might be expecting.
0: It's been that way for the last 40 years. <laughs> and often in the in the in the desire to fix or improve or make relevant, there's not an appreciation of what did work. Oh my God! Yeah. Let's make it relevant and all of that, but also honor what the material is. Absolutely, it you works. have
1: to. That's why. That's why we want it to come back because right. I do expect to see something that I enjoy. Yeah. Or that like and like for it to at least remind me of something that I that I already know, but I want to leave with a different thought than I left with last time. Yeah. So. Um,
0: do you know what we didn't start with, but we have time to finish with? Oh, we didn't do our moved. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, um, so I guess
1: we'll put our, well, the moved uh, topic will I, be yeah. here at the end this time around.
0: Yeah.
1: Which is perfectly fine.
0: Should we start with so, our guest?
1: Yeah, Brittany, if you want to start. So, like I said, um, the moved section is something that... Um, We either saw or read or watched or heard or, you know, something happened to us that moved us in some way, whether that's spiritually, whether we moved our bodies for the first time, like whatever that may be. Um, So what's something that
2: moved you this week? Mm, Okay, I have to pick one. Let's see. Can it be something personal, like something that happened? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Okay. So I... My little brother came and saw me when I was going on for Emma. He actually got to like catch one of the performances along with my mother. And, you know, he he told me what he thought and everything, but he had to like leave soon. Um, and he just kind of like sent me a random message that was kind of just telling me that he was proud of me. And I was like, I'm going to cry. Don't do that. <laughs> and I was just like, because I mean, he doesn't. Not that he doesn't do that, but you know, we we don't get like mushy like that usually. And so i was just, yeah. Oh my god, it's just so sweet.
1: That's amazing. We love yeah. that. Um, it's so crazy. How it's your younger brother, right? Mm-hmm. It's crazy how to see like the moment I realized my younger brother like grew up. And like, could have feelings, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear it's, you. It
1: happens. You're like, oh, you're you're kind of an adult now. You're,
2: you're an adult. Of- you're
1: like own person. It's so weird. Yeah, it's not about just you. It's about like how you affect people and whatnot. Yeah. And it's so crazy. Like, I I have a similar thing in my for my move to this week. Um, my brother yesterday has been pledging one of the uh, black fraternities.
2: He's mm-hmm.
1: a few omega sci-fi, which is like a very okay. big deal in the Black community. Yeah. Um, and yesterday was his big performance day. And so I like got to watch it. Like they, my cousin called, like my cousin FaceTimed me and I got to watch it on my phone. i like seeing him like complete this thing that he's wanted to do since he was five. Wow. Like was a big, mo- like as a brother, like as his <laughs> big brother was like such a big, proud moment for me. Um, yeah. And they make you like, they make you do all this crazy stuff. You have to, like, this performance is, like, a, it's an hour long. You have to, like, recite these poems. It's, like, the most mm-hmm. intense thing.
0: Um,
1: yeah. And he had to sing in his. So, like, there was a moment. Crossing? I'm sorry. Yeah, this was him crossing.
2: Oh, this? Oh, okay. That's amazing. Yeah, oh, was a
1: big deal. Yeah, him yeah. crossing, it, it was huge. Um, And so he, but he had to sing at one point. Um, And he sang, like, a full song, which I was, like, what's what you don't sing like that's not normal oh, what are you doing oh um but he sounded so good and he uh he really was like so committed and it's just again it's like exciting to see like wow you're not my kid brother anymore
0: yeah you're an adult
1: with like your own views and your own opinions on life and um to like look back at him and be so proud like i don't know he can be a little bit of a rugrat most of the time mm-hmm. and <laughs> For him to, like, do this that is so time-consuming and so hard and, like, cross that finish line, I have never been more proud of him in my entire life. Oh, my God. I would have cried. Oh, I was a mess. Totally, (laughs) totally a wreck. That is so awesome. Yeah. So that was my move. Awesome.
0: I love that. (laughs) Carl? Um, I'm just going to give a little shout-out to a play I saw last night called The Heartland, which is a 15- Oh, a friend in that. Who?
1: His name is Jimmy. He's a dance. He's one of the dancers. He's like a. He's like a tall
0: black guy. It's a. <laughs> it's a three-character play about Afghanistan, and it's, is it it's a
1: heartland. No it's on the wrong show. Okay. Well, <laughs>
0: it's a pretty common expression. This is called uh, the the heartland. They just. This is their preview week. They're going to run a month. I believe it's going to be on TDF. Um, it's informative about the situation and very fair, but what, what moves me. And um, I'm also going to share another piece that I saw on the, on a similar subject in, in the future. Um, but in the fact in, in a play that is so much about people that have been wronged and the, the, the horrible prejudice and mm-hmm. a- atrocities that have, that have occurred is this desire to move past and not feel the need for revenge or and, and wanting to escape the trap of hate. Uh, it's so beautiful. They give a speech at the end talking about, you know, how can we, how can we learn more, how can we support Af- Afghanistan. In a time where there's so many problems in the world, it really yeah, was moving it? to be something that ended with such a positive note that could have done the downward spiral mm-hmm. into politics and hate. Wow. wow. Highly recommended.
1: Amazing. Yeah, you said it's you. A, a month. Yeah, so they
0: have a month on the run. It was it was just done at uh, Jiva in 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 Rochester.
1: Oh, amazing! Really? theater. That's sweet. Awesome. Yes. Well, we have reached another the end of another episode of Fill Me In, Brittany. Where can people find you on the social medias and like, what like how do you people want people to reach out? Blah blah blah, all of that stuff.
2: You know how I am on social media. That's why I'm laughing, (laughs) (laughs) guys. I want to be better. I need to like post more. I just like live life and forget to like take pictures of it. Sorry, but you can if you want to follow me on Instagram at brittany b r i t t a n y underscore nicole w. Um, yeah, you guys feel free to like message me or anything. People are always messaging me after they see the show, and I'll definitely respond. And you know. Yeah, I'm okay. a superstar in the prom. You said you're in uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yes. yes.
1: Minneapolis next. So if you're in the Minneapolis area, like, yes, please find stop. her or check where she, the prom will be next. We'll make sure to put that in the bio. Yeah. Um, again, you know, you know where we you can find us at Filmia in the Pod. Um, so if you have any, if you want to see a show that's a revival of something and you have some like big grand idea like I did, I'd love to hear about it. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Fill Me In The Pod.
0: Shout out to Jean Paul, Jean-Paul Jovanoff, musicaltheaterradio.com.
1: Absolutely for playing our episodes. Uh, we'll be in your ears again soon. So uh, have a good rest of your day.
0: Thanks for listening to The Pod. We want you to fill us in. We want to use this podcast as a conversation starter to learn what you think about the different topics that we take on. You
1: can find us on Instagram and Twitter at fillmeinthepod. That's Fill Me in the Pod.
0: Woo. And we want to give a shout out to our artist Sloan, who made the beautiful design of Kirk and My Face.
1: <laughs> and our podcast was edited by Nicholas Klar. Nicholas Klar.